Good morning. It is good to be with you all this morning. As we gather for worship, I invite you to take about three deep breaths to help center yourselves in this moment. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. here. Amidst shadow and tumult, the Lord is with us. God's light of hope still shines on the earth. May God's light shine among us all. Strengthen us as we journey to this light. Prepare our hearts to receive this light. Amen. To join us in singing our first hymn, we gather together to ask the Lord's blessing.
to welcome you to worship this morning. It is so good to be with you, even though it may be virtually. I am glad you have joined us today. You'll note that I'm filming from my house this week rather than from the sanctuary. I am going to have a special guest join me for one of our scripture readings, and so we decided it was best to film from home this week. Speaking of special guests, it is such a joy to have one of our parish associates, the Reverend Ted Scott, sharing the sermon with us this morning. Ted, thank you so much for being with us in this way. Let us join together now in our community prayer. Let us pray. Creator God, for the beauty of creation, we give you thanks. Even for the storm, we give thanks. For the gift of faith in the midst of the storm, we bless you. For your reaching out to us when we falter, we are grateful. Help us to see your love as our source of strength and as guidance in the midst of both calm and tumult. Help us to recognize your care for us as a reminder to reach out to others. Forgive us when we lose faith, begin to sink or turn away. Help us to connect, to grow in faith and to walk in your ways. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, know that God loves us abundantly and unconditionally. In Christ, we are forgiven. We are set free. We are made new. Thanks be to God for this good news. Amen. I want to invite any of our younger viewers to join me closer to the screen for our time of discovery. And I want to introduce you to a couple of new additions. Here we have three Spider-Men. I was told by Theo and Soul that they go together. And this one here, because he has the armor, is the leader of the Spider-Men. So we have a couple of extra guests. I have these superheroes here because they remind me of you. Because you have been the real superheroes. You didn't get to go to the camps you wanted to this summer, see the friends that you like hanging out with. Um, you're getting ready to go back to school, whatever that's going to look like, and you're going to do wonderful. You're going to do great. And so thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you for getting all of us grown-ups through this coronavirus time. You're the real superheroes, and since we can't be together yet, We've got these pretend superheroes because they remind the rest of us, me especially, about you. So we talk a lot about their sort of superhero superpowers, right? Black Panther has this vibranium outfit and, you know, big things can just boom, explode right off of him. And he can climb up stuff, really anything, climb up buildings and walls and concrete 
and you know Thor can fly through the air and let's see who else spider-man well spider-man has the can swing all over and has the spider webs and you know quite frankly I don't know a whole lot about superheroes I don't know if I've said that to you yet I'm learning a lot from my kids uh, but there is one time when Jesus met someone and Iron Man this person that Jesus met reminded me a lot of you because he was known as the rich young ruler someone who had a lot of money like you and he seemed to have gained a pretty big reputation a lot like you but maybe a little different from you he had some humility I guess and he asked Jesus what do I need to enter the kingdom of God and Jesus said well they had a conversation about that and one of the things Jesus said is it's easier for a camel a big camel those things with the humps on the back that you see in the desert it's easier for the for a camel to enter through to go through the eye of a needle just a little tiny hole of a needle have you ever seen a needle that people sew with how does a camel get through that Jesus said it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Well, that's confusing, isn't it? Does anyone have any ideas of what that might even mean? No, it's, it's like Jesus is saying you need sort of like a superpower to get there. Because how else could you do it? Well, fortunately for you... <laughs> Our church has a YouTube channel with a Sunday school lesson where we're going to explore this a little more with song and uh, Ms. Bethany and Ben are going to help us understand a little bit more about it because it's kind of strange to wonder what Jesus is talking about. Is there maybe something superhuman in each of us that we don't know about? Do you have a superpower? Do I have a superpower? Has God given all of us this sort of superpower? Well, I guess you'll find out. Find someone's uh, tablet or computer in your home when they're done here and go over to our church's YouTube channel, WPC Tiburon. But before you do that, um, one is, you should check in with one of our sacred storytellers, Grayson. His mom is Laura. Uh, they're going to share a little bit about how things have been going for them. Hello Westminster. We miss seeing everybody every Sunday, um, but we have been doing well. I'm Laura Fitzpatrick, and my I'm son. Grayson Spangenberg. Um, we've been busy sort of getting ready for school again in the fall and just finishing up summer, uh, teaching summer camp and doing all sorts of fun stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been getting ready to prepare for well, I was hoping for kids to return. I'm the principal at Good Shepherd Lutheran School. Um, seems like we're going to have to put that off a little bit, but um, it's been kind of exciting that the teacher's getting ready, um, even virtually, to welcome the kids back. They're very excited. Um, it wouldn't be our necessarily our preferred mode of returning to school, but it still starts a little bit of a new normal um, mm -hmm. that uh, I think everybody's looking forward to. And you're going to go back to school. Yeah, I'll be heading back to College of Marin a little bit later and 
trying to uh, do what I can with those programs and doing to the best of our ability whatever we can do to help move forward in life. Yeah. Well, we wish everybody well and hope everybody's healthy and safe and um, getting ready to go back to school. Make it exciting. Hope all is well. Bye. Bye. We've come to our time of joys and concerns. It's hard to do that in this format, the way we did at 10 o'clock, sharing around the room, or even the way we do at 8.30, offering up our own prayers. So we'll do our best. You're welcome, as always, if you are watching this on Facebook Live, to contribute your comments there. I believe the comments function is also enabled on YouTube. I'll also offer a, offer a series of prompts, and you can offer something aloud or in the voice of your own heart. Let us come now in prayer together for our community and the wider community. Let us pray. We begin in gratitude, O God, which is sometimes a field hard to find, but we pause until the blessings of this life spring up within us. For this abundance in which we dwell, we give thanks. We pause as well to note relationships of meaning in our lives, Relationships that offer us comfort, support, or encouragement. For this companionship we experience, we give thanks. We notice places of pain within us and around us, and we give them name now. For the suffering, we seek healing and attentiveness. We acknowledge acts of wrongdoing around us and within us, and we bring them to the light. For these abuses, we seek counteraction and restitution as well as restoration. We seek openness for what your spirit would say to us in this moment, wherever and however we find ourselves. For the possibility of this access and connection, we seek the discipline 
of spiritual practice. And as we endeavor ever to walk in the way of Christ, we pray now in the name of Christ, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Genesis chapter 37. 
It is a story with a lot of different characters, so I felt that I couldn't read it by myself. So thank you, Ben, for helping me out. I will read mostly the narrator parts, and he is going to play all of the characters. So I invite you to listen for how the Spirit may be speaking to you through these words. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Now Israel, we might remember, is the new name for Jacob, loved Joseph more than any other of his children, because he was the son of his old age. And he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are you not brothers pasturing their flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. Joseph answered, Here I am. So he said to Joseph, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields. The man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. The man said, They have gone far away, for I have heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes the dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him, and we shall see what has become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hands on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he wore. And they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, with their camels carrying gum, balm, and resin on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his bread? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When some Midianite travelers passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Our scripture passage this morning is from Matthew, the 14th chapter, immediately after the feeding of the 5,000. He made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, 
He was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the winds, was far from land. The wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the water. But when the disciples saw him walking there on the sea, they were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him saying, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind and he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. So this story is certainly one of the more famous in the Bible. Jesus walking on the water. The picture always looks like a, a young Brad Pitt in a white robe. But these days of Black Lives Matter, I like to imagine maybe that he looks a little bit like a young Will Smith with his head cocked a bit to the side and a knowing grin in a way that says, standing there on the water, I'm here, are you for real? I remember a number of years ago, I worked for a major consulting firm and they had a way of referring to exceptional performers. They called them water walkers. Later in the age of superheroes, this got changed to leaps tall buildings at a single bound. But you get the picture. Jesus is the original water walker. The disciples out there on the Sea of Galilee were there in the first place because as our scripture tells us, Jesus told them to. They're in a brewed up storm. Waves, spray, wind all against them for hours into the night, not making much headway. And it being unclear when they're gonna to get to the other side. Sound familiar? At least on an emotional level. And out of the storm comes this ghostly apparition, scary, unexpected, and yet addressing them in the most personal way. Our other scripture today is gritty. No apparent inspiration. It's got all the elements of a good TV drama there. It's a dysfunctional family, it's sibling jealousy and rage, it's conspiracy, it's murderous intent, it's got a dreamy innocent victim, it's got human trafficking and barefaced lies and a parent that you know is going to be in tears. And after this unsuspecting victim Joseph falls into his brother's clutches, the only positive note is sounded by Reuben who says, let's not kill him, let's sell him. And so Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat is transformed into a black and white enslaved person stumbling along in a camel caravan 
towards Egypt. Pretty depressing, unless you know the sequel, which is he steadies himself, he works himself up, and he becomes a savior not only of the kingdom, but of his people during a time of famine. We consider these stories at a pretty difficult moment, do we not? This pandemic, this national health crisis, this mass of demonstrations about Black Lives Matter, a fraught election season, economic distress and uncertainty, stresses in our families and with those families of friends. Here's an email from a friend on the East Coast. Gray skies, rumbling thunder, and a few downpours are a good match for the current state of my spirit. Happy hour tonight with neighbors was a boost to all of us, but the feeling that we're in for a long, tough slog with this pandemic is something which I'm going to have to get used to and find ways of dealing. I'm without a partner or a pet. I'm also currently without cable, and my microwave is kaput. I have lots of things to occupy my time, but every now and then there's a feeling of, so what? So what if I don't change the sheets every week? So what if I wear sweats all day? So what if I take a shower every three days? So what if I have dessert for breakfast? I'm not falling apart. I just miss my old life. I have so many songs and stories and poems, this is an artist, to create, but that makes the feeling of malaise all the more frustrating. A neighbor of mine under two, with kids under 10, when I asked him how he's doing in the middle of all this, gave me a big sigh, rolled his eyes, fidgeted, looked at his toes and said, it's challenging, it's full on and 24 seven, just nonstop. We do get them outside to play, but then there are the rest of the hours of the day. Matthew's story was many of, one of many that had miracles in it. And the purpose of that was to demonstrate to a Jewish audience, Jesus' Messiahship, his son of God essence. Now what's the meaning for us? in this historical moment. We do have the option of taking the story literally, flat out affirm it. Just before this passage, he fed 5,000 people, and now they're in a storm and he comes to them walking on the water. In some spirit over matter way, he can do it. And he was inspiring them and Jesus inspired Peter to step out onto the water he can do it somehow. He's the Holy One. He can reach us. He can help us do anything. He can reach out a hand to you and me when we feel in danger of drowning. He can lift us up. The Christ Spirit has power. But there's another way that we can view the story too, which is symbolically. Because there is a skeptic in you and me saying things like, walking on the water in the middle of the night? Peter doing likewise, really? And that inner skeptic might take more out of the story of Joseph, this pampered, 
betrayed, enslaved person, father in tears, but somehow surviving, somehow keeping on, using brains and grit and redeeming his people, putting one foot in front of another, keep going, even if you're making it up and not sure how, surmount adversity. That's inspiring, and indeed it is. The Jewish audience understood symbols as we do today. So let's look at the symbols of wind and water and storm and walking and Peter responding. Something happened and happens today on the water. Something true, something real in the midst of a storm. Peter is moved to do something that he wouldn't otherwise have contemplated. Jesus does encourage him and reach out to him when his faith fails. And he does for us as well. Powerlessness and fear do, can shift to power and faith and stepping out onto the water. Consider this. Some months ago, a black man was powerless on a pavement, unable to breathe because of a white policeman's knee on his neck. Onlookers pleaded in vain for his life, and he died. But the story went viral. The storm did not prevail. In fact, it created a new and different storm, good trouble. And yet, millions stepped onto the street. Millions, we might say, stepped onto the water in over 700 towns and cities just in this country, saying no more and enough. Despair turned into determination. Demonstrations continue even today. A couple of weeks ago, John Lewis died, and Rob referred to this in his sermon last Sunday. And Lewis's death set off remembrances across the country. Sixty years ago, as we know, he stepped onto Edmund Pettus Bridge outside of Selma. In effect, he stepped onto the water in the midst of a storm of racism and hate. He stepped along with hundreds of others. And in the face of whips and billy clubs and blood, his faith and their faith faltered that day. They sank, but they did not stay sunk. They were moved by the Spirit. He was moved by the Spirit to set forth on the bridge and on the water again, doing so in the name of dignity, equality, justice, and as one of his eulogizers said last week, nonviolence and love and the beloved community, the very essence of Jesus' teachings. Following Jesus' example, being beckoned forward in the storm and onto the water. And we not only have John Lewis, we have Martin Luther King, we have President Obama, we have thousands of others who have been water walkers stepping out there for us leading us, teaching us. If you had stopped John Lewis's story on Bloody Sunday, what would we say? We would say it was simply falling into the water. 
But it didn't stop there. It continued. The arc of the story goes on even to these days. We gain confidence, and we do so in the spirit. They remind us that our story is also part of courage, of being present in this moment, of seeking for justice, and learning how to walk in the storm, on the water, following Jesus' example. A couple of additional points for your consideration. First of all, isn't life surprising? Who among us, predicting in January that we'd over have over 150,000 people dead and be a world poster child for poor handling of an epidemic, who among us would not have been dismissed out of hand? We just never know what's going to happen. But secondly, as Lewis and others know, God power, Messiah power is with us even if we don't know it and when we don't know it. The disciples met, have felt abandoned out there on the sea, even blaming Jesus for their predicament. And yet, all the time, he knew where they were. He could find them, and he did, in fact, come to them. And he is available to be present in our deep, in our situation, in our storm, in our beloved community as well. He's among us right now, here, on the water, calling us to get in touch with our true nature, our true power, our true courage, and to step out too. There are water walkers all around. I'll bet you know some. You may be one yourself at times. And we are encouraged to seek them out by stories like this and to have confidence that they are there. Here's a poem written by the same friend on the East Coast who talked about her malaise, showing that we are not necessarily sunk and in difficulty all the time, but we can have courage and we can grow. She writes in this poem, If I Could, if I could move the tallest mount or turn the tide or rectify a great divide, if I could thaw the heart that's cold or heal the blind or quell the hate that steals the mind, if I could mend a broken earth or stop a fire or give a desert back its life, if I could stop the endless wars that kill the men that change the course of history then, if I could help each one alive have roofs above and spare and space to rest and room to love, if I could just make happiness a guarantee each child would know and always feel, if I could find a cure to pain an end to tears and even more an end to fear. If I could plumb the greatest thoughts from greatest minds for answers, wisdom, wit, and signs. If I could even out the wealth that's true success, find those with more could live with less. If I could stop the tongues that taunt that measure strength by being cruel at any length. If I could heal the minds of those who struggle so to get through days and give them hope. If I could do all these and more, I might be God. But I have checked, he's got the job. And yet, he says he needs some help. I got the nod. We have the nod, sisters and brothers. He stretches out his hand to us here in the storm and says, come, amen.
the other day I was going through all the ministries that were happening at the church and checking out how many people were participating, and I was blown away. There's so much happening, and I'm grateful for all the ways people have been creative in engaging in this faithful ministry. I want to highlight a few of the things going on. The e-news and the website will list everything that's happening each week, and many of them are repeats, so I won't name them all here. Here are just a few that are uh, new or uh, returning after some time. On August 23rd, we'll have a special worship service that we'll be conducting via Zoom as well as our old formats. More on that in a moment. Zoom has some limitations in terms of worship, but one of the things it does allow us to do is see each other and interact. And it will be an interactive service in which the sermon will offer discussion prompts and folks will be broken up into small uh, groups, breakout rooms, they call it, so they can interact. If you're accustomed to consuming your worship, participating in your worship, the old ways, the old ways, through Facebook Live or YouTube, don't worry, we'll continue to stream at 10 o'clock in those formats as well. You simply won't be able to interact in the same way, but you can engage in the worship in a fruitful manner nonetheless. The E! News will have all the details for that. On the 23rd as well, from 1 to 1.30, in person at the Westminster parking lot, we'll be doing a, a blessing of the backpacks in a safe and distanced manner where people stay in their cars, but families can drive through and we'll have a number of stations set up where we will be offering you a blessing. We know the school year is an anxious time and whatever you're doing, whether it's distance learning or in person and some form at some juncture, we want you to go with a blessing. So bring your backpacks, bring your families. Uh, we'll also nod to that during the worship service if you can't be here between 1 and 1.30. The Friday hiking group is going again or still going. If you'd like to be involved in that, please RSVP to Judy Sachs. Bible study is resuming on August 18th. I teach that on the first and third Tuesdays of most months. Uh, get the Zoom link from the website or e-news if you'd like to participate in that. If your schedule is more flexible because of the pandemic, maybe you even have more time, I encourage you to use this as a chance to try something new. Whether it's a group or a commission, it's some sort of planning group for the church, engage, try something new, see what you have to offer and what you could gain in the process. Finally, I know we want to be together and there are ways to do that safely if you're comfortable. I met with a group of residents from the Redwoods this past week, uh, right off campus, outdoors, very spread out, very small group, just a handful of folks, but it was nice to see one another, to check in, and to pray. If this is of interest to you, don't hesitate to reach out to one of the pastors or the staff or the elders or deacons. Don't be bashful about saying, hey, I'd love a visit. Let's sit outside a few feet apart, masks on, and check in with one another. We like to do that. I'd rather do that than sitting in front of a computer screen all day. So don't be afraid to connect uh, so long as you feel comfortable doing so. I said finally, but really there's one more thing, and that is, of course, to say thank you for the many ways in which you support this church. It'll be no surprise to you to know that like many nonprofits, we've taken our lumps this year, and we need your support. So whatever you can do, we're grateful for fulfilling your pledge, giving a gift above and beyond 
maybe becoming a giver for the first time. I ask you to prayerfully consider that, that this vital ministry might continue in strength. With that, friends, let us join together in a hymn. Hymn 307, God of Grace and God of Glory. of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God who is mother and father to us all and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be yours today and every day. Amen. <laughs>